0: The journey of life isn't easy. Here, we will discuss the turbulence of different careers. That's right, you will hear the good and the bad from those that have been there and done that. Now, are you ready to take a shot with Ellie? a shot with Ellie today I have somebody very special with me I know I say this with every guest but this person is very special he's uh, related to me and he is an expert in tequila oh my gosh he has educated me so much um, these last few weeks on just tequila the aromas the flavors tasting it teaching me how to take a shot it's been (laughs) insane but here with us tonight is Abel Mendoza, which, by the way, I learned something interesting about you today.
1: <laughs> that his
0: name is not really Abel. It,
1: it's my middle name.
0: Abel <laughs> is his middle name, and we've been cousins for like I don't know all of so. our <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't want to say our age. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, All of our life, and I just realized that that was not even his real name. Crazy, no, it, right? It's my real
1: name, it's just my middle name. It's, well I mean Well like in the Mexican culture you have like first name, middle name, last name, secondary last name, the third or something.
0: And it's true. He is going to educate us a little bit on tequila and how um his career path that he's taken um since last year and yeah. just basically how he's gotten to where he is now. So before we start, we have our little tradition here going. We're going to take a shot. I'm going to take a shot. He's going to sip on his tequila, which by the way, I am not advertising this or promoting it. I am not sponsored by this tequila at all. But goddamn, <laughs> this tequila is by far the best tequila I've had my whole life. And it it's called Adani Eva
1: Yeah.
0: tequila um it's reposado it's 40 percent alcohol but you cannot taste anything and i'm like a, a shot person just because i'm not i don't like tasting the alcohol and the burning i took a shot because i needed to kind of calm my nerves and wow i am speechless so anyways guys let share with us welcome to a shot with ellie salud cheers cousin Thank you. Wow.
1: <laughs> no, it has it has a lot of flavor. You just have to train your palate to kind of know what you're looking for. But there's definitely a lot of vanilla, a lot of oak, caramels in there. You just have to. It is really good. Yeah, you just got to train your palate a little bit.
0: I, I'm learning from the best here. <laughs> so um, after our shot, thank you for that tell me a little bit about yourself your upbringing how was your childhood growing up let me pause you before you start the reason why i'm asking there is a lot of things growing up we were separated separated, i guess uh his family lives in central cali yeah my family lives here in southern california so it's about four hour drive four and a half hour drive yeah and um growing up we had a lot of family events however as family, as kids got older, the cousins got older, you know, family kind of didn't get as close, right? Like Everybody
1: kind of just did their own thing.
0: Everybody did their own thing. So there is a lot of history that I do not know about Abel and he's willing to share with us here today. So how was your upbringing?
1: Well, growing up, I grew up in the Central Coast in a small beach town, which is completely different from South Central. I mean, it's night and day. It's a small town with a beach vibe, like everybody's really laid back, chill, like there's really no no traffic to start <laughs> off with, and um, it, it's it's just a whole different environment. Um, being predominantly Caucasian, um, there is like a Hispanic um, area, but it wasn't like the main like it is here in, in L.A. L.A. is like Hispanic and Asian, and so much diversity here over there was... Uh, mostly Caucasian, so uh, I kind of had to fit in with the, the white kids and kind of be that surfer vibe, dude. But um, I, I was still growing up in a Hispanic house, you know, come home, frijoles and arroz and tortillas was the main dish every day. So uh, it was different. It was different. It, it shaped me in some ways to who I, who I am now, uh, just being able to communicate and talk with different diversities and Uh, A lot of my friends are are really white and and they're like, dude, I could never tell that you were 100% born in Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, 100% born in Mexico.
0: (laughs) I feel like as we got older, I felt like you were more, I mean, I guess because of the upbringing, I felt like you were more (laughs) (laughs) white-washed. I didn't want to say it, (laughs) but um, you were, you know, it's a term that we use in our culture. We're not trying to, like stereotype or, not. Stereotype it just, or anything it's just, just you know what we say it just kind um, of it just, yeah <laughs> i kind of like told you that a few times i yeah. think you're like oh gosh you're so white because you know you grew up in a white neighborhood yeah. or whatever yeah. but um i feel like as now that i know you better you are as mexican as they come <laughs> oh i will.
1: you know yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Um, you know, especially with your knowledge with tequila, like I am just so surprised. Like what made you love tequila? Let's start
1: off there. Well, I I am Mexican. I I love my culture 100%. Just the other day we were talking about this, uh, St. Patrick's Day. And I told you, I don't, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Like to me, it has no meaning. It's, I don't even know what what they're celebrating. Good for them, whatever they're celebrating, but I, I don't know. And, uh, growing up it was Cinco de Mayo. This is Day septiembre and um, yeah, de los muertos. Of those. So other than that, I, I, don't, I don't celebrate any, I mean, 4th of July, I'll celebrate because I'm proud to, to live here in the United States. I'm, I'm proud to be Mexican American. But I mean, St. Patty's Day, no, it's not, not a thing yeah. for me. I, I love my culture and uh, tequila plays a huge role in it. I mean, it's, it's what Mexicans bring to the table. You know, um, Russia brings vodka, uh, Irish bring their Irish whiskey, you know, bourbon is what Americans bring and Mexicans bring tequila to the table. And it's right up there with the best vodkas and the best champagnes, it's, it's a delicacy and you kind of just have to, um, just like any spirit, you kind of just have to train your mouth and your palate to identify flavors and notes and really enjoy what you're, what you're sipping on not just shoot
0: it. <laughs> That's what I do, guys. He, he's clowning on me. Or What made you decide, like, I love tequila, and this is what... I mean... Uh, sh- like, at what age <laughs> in... Or what age did you start drinking? Because if you're like me, my mom, like, at, what was it, 12, 14, 13 years old, I was like, here, take a sip of beer. I'm like, oh, shit, okay? You know? Yeah, I think
1: I think I'd started... Uh, I think the first time I got really, really like drunk was when I was 16, and that was all bad. Uh, I mean, it was, was that to tequila? It wasn't. It was too um, hypnotic. It was oh. like oh. hypnotic and It was <laughs> disgusting. It was the worst hangover ever, and I, I paid for it. My mom made sure that I paid for it. But I didn't get into tequila until maybe four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was always just like everybody else, Patron, Don Julio. Um, Coralejo, like that was just uh, what, what I saw at the stores. That was the only thing that I knew. Little did I know there was a bottle just like this sitting right next to those bottles. But I wasn't going to buy it because it wasn't Patron. It wasn't that, that high dollar stuff. This has so much more flavor and it's so much more smoother. And just overall, it's a smaller distillery. So you're supporting the Mexican culture over a big corporation like Patron. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. I mean,
0: I personally got to Patron. Now it's to the point where I can't even smell it or I will yeah. throw up. That's yeah. how disgusting. Like, I cannot be near Patron. Yeah. I'm not throwing back. Patron, sponsor this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I just can't. Like, the smell of it, I, I can't. Um, but this, you know, and even when I started, when I decided to um, name this podcast, It's Shabotelli, I was like, damn, how am I going to be taking shots of tequila, you know, so frequently with my guests, I'm going to maybe hate it, you know, yeah. but I've kind of learned that I've, I've t- tasted a lot of different tequilas where yeah. it's kind of making the love of tequila kind of grow in me.
1: Oh, there's so much to taste. There's, there's just hundreds and hundreds and years and generations of master distillers, and every single small batch like this is unique in its own way you'll learn to identify and love it all
0: well you yourself you were telling me like all the different all the steps that it takes to even make tequila and i'm just like i'm just sitting there at the table just like listening to you because you can just go and go and talk (laughs) like in a nutshell like what is it that you know how quickly can tequila grow what's the best tequila what is your favorite tequila
1: Ooh, that's like, asking me what my favorite kid is. <laughs> it's a little one. <laughs> it's the smallest one that doesn't talk back yeah, yet. It's a little one. Um, well, there's just so many, but I think the one that really started my passion, that grew it into what it is now, and to like just acquire the bottles that I have now is um, Jose Cuervo. But not the Jose Cuervo, not the $10 Jose Cuervo that comes in a plastic bottle, no. It's the special Reserva de la Familia. So that flavor is unique, and Mm -hmm. once you taste it, it it's it's mind blowing. And when I first tasted it, it got me to, what else is out there? Mm -hmm. And I've tried hundreds of tequilas now, sipped on, and I've been to a lot of festivals, tequila festivals, and Jose Cuervo still sits among one of the best tequilas that I've tasted. Wow! And it's always gonna be my go-to. I think I have. 10 12 bottles of different years at home in my bar
0: he has an amazing bar (laughs) i have yet to go to his house that's on my to-do list but um just when you post it on the internet and we use the videos that you've sent me his collection of tequila you guys i don't know how this guy's not sponsored by anybody (laughs) not yet yet. seriously because his tequila collection i am impressed and i showed it to one of my um, somebody close to me who is a tequila fanatic as well and he was super, super impressed with your tequila collection. And so and that, that makes me feel good. That and says a lot because this person is also like a huge tequila fanatic just like yourself. Career-wise, um, how has the last 10 years been for you career-wise? Or how was your life, you know, 10 years ago? Uh,
1: well, that, um, my life 10 years ago was nothing what it is now. You know, my my oldest is eleven, but ten years ago I was in a in a slump. I was in a in a in a horrible place in my life. Had been going through a lot of things, and uh, I was an addict. I was uh, addicted to to meth, and it was the lowest point I've ever had in my life. Um, without my wife, I don't know where I would be, or if I would still be anything. Um, it, it, it was that, that, bad, but with her support, um, 10 years later, I mean, right now I'm here. I'm loving life. I got a great career, um, have a home, have my kids are all fed and healthy and it, it's night and day me from now to 10 years ago, um, 10 years ago, I didn't have a career. I was, I was, I didn't have a career. Wow. You unleashed, yeah, <laughs> unleashed.
0: I don't uh, a big one on us here. You you said that you're an addict. Yeah. Uh, you're so. a recovering addict. Yes. Um, Eleven years?
1: Uh, uh, no, I'm seven years sober.
0: Seven years sober. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. So let's to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> what led you to get into drugs? Because, you know, in our family, I don't think that I mean I think people some relatives do weed, yeah. but I think that's like as maybe coke once in a while, yeah. um, but never meth or anything like beyond that. So, what do you think led
1: you to drugs? Uh, definitely my, it was it's was all my decision. Nobody said hey, try this and you're gonna love it. No, nobody said that. I was in a point in my life where. I didn't I didn't know because I didn't know how to. Overcome it or what to do at that point because there was something new to me. It was it was it was a low that I didn't know how to deal with and at the time I just happened to be hanging out with people that were doing those drugs and It was as easy as going and buying a beer and then you know one day became a week and a week became a month and the next thing I know I'm Rock bottom neglecting my son um, being the worst parent You know, not, not being able to, so one of the, one of the, my, this is a, a, one of the, my turning points was a day when it was really, really hot it was a heat wave going on and, and I had just spent my last $10 on, on drugs and my son wanted a, a ice cream from the ice cream man and I didn't have any money and I was mad at him for asking me. And he was just sitting there by the window, sweat dripping down his head and asking me, Dad, can I have one? I said, no, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Stop asking me. After the come down, you know, and I started reflecting back on it. And now, even now, it hurts me. It's, it's, it's a pain that I could can never take away. But at the same time, I don't ever want to take it away because that pain keeps me going to succeed to do more to to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's, it's yeah. that pain. It's yeah. that pain that keeps my refrigerator stocked with ice cream all the time. Make sure that mm-hmm. you know they're not they're not worried about where their next meal's gonna come from. Even if it means they don't know what I do exactly for my work mm-hmm. and they don't see me for a long time but they don't ever have to worry about you know being fed like I do that for them, you know? But that was my turning point. That was one of my turning points. Was um, watching my kids suffer, and when it wasn't their their fault, it was you know this was on me. So I was just with the wrong crowd. I was doing the wrong things and uh, doing stupid mistakes.
0: But you completely turned your life around, which is fucking impressive. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I am crying only because I'm very emotional. <laughs> And I just, I'm a parent myself, so just kind of like envisioning that and just kind of <laughs> breaks my heart because as a child, you know, like I, I can relate to that, like asking my mom for money, for like a nice cream that meant like a paleta, you know, and she couldn't afford it. So it just kind of brings back those memories and it's tough, like, you know, but you were doing it because you are an addict and my mom was because she was a single parent not being able to afford it
1: yeah the the pain the pain is there like i think back i'm sure she probably thinks back reflects on it and like she thinks about it and it hurts her it hurts me Mm -hmm. now that i'm able to do it for them it hurts me to think that i ever did that to that i took that away from him um it's
0: i'm sure he was so young he probably doesn't remember (laughs) he he doesn't (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, that's a good thing (laughs) Yeah, Thank yeah. you for sharing that with me. Like, honestly, you brought me to tears. Um, Sorry, guys, it's just like, it's a very sensitive topic, kids. Yeah. It's just like, as a parent, I'm just so vulnerable when it comes to that. Like, that's my, my weak that, spot. That's, <laughs> that's my weak spot. So cheers, cheers for sharing that with me, honestly, and with us, the audience. That takes a lot of balls, <laughs> for oh, lack of better words, guys.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know that about me. Um, you know, for the most part, I had a pretty basic upbringing. My parents, you, I mean, you know my mom, my dad, they um, they're great people, amazing people. And they did an amazing job raising four boys. I mean, they're just... I, I can't, you know, we all we all grow up, and we all make our own destiny, and we all make our own decisions. And they did the best, and I'm very thankful for them. So my upbringing has, there's no reason why I did what I did. You know, that, that was all on me. My parents, like I said, did an amazing job. They're great people, and...
0: How did they find out? Did they try to, like, give
1: you help? No, actually, I, I was really good at hiding it. Like, I was really good at, at hiding it, so when... Um, When I met my wife, like, she had no idea that I was doing it because I wasn't as heavy as I am now. I was much skinnier, and so I really didn't, my weight didn't fluctuate. It stayed the same. I still managed to function, so it wasn't as obvious. Wow. Yeah. So my parents never found out. Um, I'm sure they probably watch this or hear about it and...
0: Well it's in english
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, i don't know that my tios speak english i hope not <laughs> right now no they, they, <laughs> so no, they. they understand yes. it yeah uh, but um so the turning point as you mentioned was your son um, my kids yeah your, your kids. kids yeah so how what changed after that like career-wise, what did did you decide to do? What kind of jobs did you do? Did you go to school? Did you go to college?
1: Well, I did go do some college. So right after high, well, actually I dropped out when I was um, 16 and a half, 17, I dropped out. And I worked in a pharmacy, so I was a pharmacy tech. And that was a cool job, like it was good money. At the time, I was making good, you know, better money than most guys working at mcdonald's or domino's but i hated working behind a desk like doing the same thing repetitive over and over counting bills all day was just a waste of time to me like i like i hated it the money was fine but I, i hated it so then i got into construction and i did um construction for some time here and there while still trying to um live a long you know a young life like I was I was young you know, I was like right after high school like I said and then my son was born and then after that continued with construction um, fast forward a little bit uh I worked demolition and so demolition was it was fun it was cool I got to break walls and I got to see some really cool things like military launch pads I worked for SpaceX out here in Vandenberg uh, I traveled all of California and that kind of opened the door to what I do now, now. <laughs> and now I do rockfall protection so now I travel the United States anywhere from Hawaii to Alaska to Wisconsin Wyoming I mean all of the continental United States plus outside
0: okay you said you do um
1: rockfall protection
0: rockfall protection rock fall, can yeah. you elaborate a little uh, bit more on that
1: so <laughs> for those
0: that don't know I don't know <laughs> I'm pretty sure some people don't know <laughs>
1: So, what I do is um, we reinforce mountains, I mean, as best as possible. Whenever there is a natural disaster, for example, um, when California is on fire, and what happens after a fire, all that debris loosens up, and then with the heavy rains, mudslides happen. So, what we do is we go in there, we reinforce that, those uh, possible areas that could get mudslides with heavy netting heavy duty netting we drill um, with hydraulic drills into the mountain uh, depending on what the engineer requires 15 20 25 50 feet whatever it is and we reinforce it with some heavy duty netting and we do this all over the united states i mean california alaska we have a crew going to alaska here in a couple weeks Uh, hawaii um i was just in Montana working there for three months and I get to travel all the United States on a company's dime and Just see Everything I mean just see things that I would never experience or see Before if I was sitting behind a desk right (laughs) and that it's
0: freaking amazing i mean you send videos of hanging and you're texting mm. and or like taking pictures <laughs> and i'm just like oh my gosh hold on to the damn rope you're gonna fall <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it takes a, a a very daring individual to do what it is yeah. that you do because i would be throwing up like no. my stomach would not i'm no scared when i, of I first ice.
1: started when i first started i was like oh i my fat ass and that little rope it's not gonna work out but then it brings trust and you have to trust that rope and then it gives trust a whole new meaning and now i mean you saw the videos now i'm just bouncing and doing flips and <laughs> having some fun
0: if you were my kid i my mom
1: freaks out my mom like, freaks out
0: i can only imagine my dear polly has you know yeah. her heart ¿cómo en español? like her El corazón en el or something like that, it's a Mexican saying, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that Mexican, guys. If <laughs> you give yourself advice 10 years ago,
1: what would it be? Oh, I mean, I could give myself all the advice, but 10 years ago, I don't think I would have listened. But, I mean, I, I just, uh, it's so hard because if it wasn't for whatever I did then, I wouldn't be where I'm at now, so... Ten years ago I, I was taking risks. I was doing the wrong things, but I was taking risks, you know, and, and even now as sober minded, I'm still taking risks and I don't think that's a bad thing. Definitely don't do drugs. That's what I would tell myself, don't do drugs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great advice. <laughs> now that you how did you for I know that there's people perhaps that have, you know, um experimented with drugs here how did you get yourself out of that world
1: oh my wife my wife 100 um like i said she's been my rock she's been everything um if it wasn't for her did she help you did you go to counseling did you go to oh she chewed my ass out oh she, she, she she chewed my ass out and then gave me the the biggest ultimatum it's it's that or us and I still, had, I still hadn't been that lost and I could still understand and give myself, like, okay, I need my family. And so I wasn't that far gone where I lost my family. So she gave me that ultimatum and I chose my family. And that's where I, I began my recovery.
0: How was that recovery? Can you um, walk
1: us through that? Uh, well, it, it wasn't easy because you always somehow end up hanging out with the same people that you were doing these drugs with or you always end up somehow you know you're walking to the grocery store and you somehow take a detour and you end up at, at this person's house buying the wrong crap it wasn't easy um, it was it was it was a struggle but um, yeah it it was a, it was a battle and so far I think I'm winning I'm doing okay.
0: You're doing freaking amazing, honestly. Because <laughs> um, I know, like, there I've had friends who've been addicts, you know, and it was just it, it was hard. I honestly I lost lost touch. I don't know like what happened to them, but they were pretty into it. Um, I'm not sure what kind of drugs. Um, it, I think it was crack, um, but it it was still sad to see them. And honestly, for you to come out and share this with us, and you being alive here with us, yeah. and healthy, which is the most important thing, because your family needs you, Oh
1: yeah.
0: and without you, like, you know, now you have three kids, before you only had one, you yeah. know, now you have three kids and a wife that depend on you, so, cheers, and I'm thankful to God that you are here with us. Yeah. and sharing your knowledge of tequila <laughs>
1: let's,
0: <laughs> let's change the subject guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh,
1: sorry. i sorry I'm not trying to bring anybody down
0: no uh, actually this is very helpful only because you know if there's people out there that need help seek that help yeah. um, there are people there are many programs out there that are willing to help you know if you feel that you are an addict and you need help Reach out to your loved ones, reach out to anybody, reach out to me, to Abel. I'm gonna put his Instagram on there. Um he's like a walking miracle right now. Yeah. And he is somebody that will be able to relate to you. And we're not here to like down, you know, talk you down or anything like that. We wanna be motivation and and help. Yeah. Most yeah. importantly, help. And I know it's difficult to ask for help. I think that's like, you took the big step of knowing that you needed help and that that's admirable because not a lot of people ask for help. And so I really do, I'm open. I'm, I don't even know what to say, I'm gonna edit this. <laughs> but um, I'm very, uh, I admire that. I admire the fact that you were open and the fact that you asked for help and you knew you needed the help, and you took it. And so grateful for your wife. Yeah. I recently met her, it's, it's un amor de mujer. Yeah. like she's freaking amazing. Her kids are awesome. I mean, your guys' kids, not hers. Your guys' kids are awesome. I just met them like a few weeks ago, right? Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Um And man, like I call her cousin. Um, I don't know if she likes it or not, but he's my cousin, so I just call her cousin. <laughs> um, with so now, the new and improved Abel. Yeah. What would be three words that you would um, use to describe yourself?
1: Uh, outgoing, mm-hmm. passionate, and caring. Caring. Yes.
0: Passionate about what?
1: Life. Yeah, it's everything, everything I do is 100%. You're either all in or you're not. And I think it, it applies for relationships, your work, whatever you're gonna, whatever hobby you're in, you're either all in or don't do it. And you just have to have passion for, for life and for everything that you're doing. Put passion into your work, put passion into your love life, put passion into everything. Cause that's, that, that right there is, like I said before, I was doing bad and now I'm doing good. And it's all about doing everything 100. All the way, like nonstop.
0: <laughs> you guys, you heard
1: it from the man right here.
0: <laughs> uh, if you had some advice to give our audience, what would it be?
1: Don't be scared. Do it. Do whatever you plan on doing. Do if you plan on opening up your own business, do it. Don't be scared to fail. You can only get better. Do whatever you, your your heart desires. Just don't be scared to do what you want to do. Like seriously.
0: I think that's what um, stops many of us Yeah. because we're afraid of what people might say. You're afraid to fail. You're afraid that things aren't going to go the way you wanted them to. But by you being afraid,
1: you just kind of are putting a pause on everything. You're just kind of just wasting time because you're not doing what you want to do. You're just kind of going with the flow and seeing what happens compared to where if you make that choice and that decision, you're, you're, getting momentum and there's friction there and then you're gonna definitely end up being where you want to be not just there true very
0: very true how did you get the position that you are in now was it through a hookup was it you applied if people are interested in following the same career path
1: that you are so like I said I was in construction for a long time and I managed to move myself up in that ladder with that company so when I felt like I reached like the top of where I was going to be at with that company, I felt like I needed to push myself more. And also um, financially, I needed to seek new horizons, look for new, 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 ops, new goals and just start doing new things. And I ran into my wife's cousin and I said, Hey, are you guys hiring? Cause I knew what he did. And I would see all these really cool videos of him in Hawaii, all these cool videos of him just like hanging off on the side of a mountain, doing some crazy stuff. And like, I'm like, dude, that's crazy. That's cool. I like guess that's, that's exciting. Um, so I reached out to him and I asked him, he said, yeah, you know what? Um, we might be looking for someone right now. And I had the experience and it kind of just helped out. And I, I got in through a family member.
0: Did it take a few months Did you get interviewed? How,
1: how was that process <laughs> with construction you never know and I walked in I did my um my application and uh, the receptionist said well I have the owner here the owners of the company um, you want to go in and talk to him like yeah I guess I wasn't ready for it and you know respectable people um, successful in their own way and I, I walked over introduced myself and I told him a little bit about my background and like okay When can you start? Said, well, let me put in two weeks to my last company, (laughs) and they're like, okay. And so that's kind of how it played out.
0: Oh wow. What would you say is the most difficult
1: part of your job? It's it's mental because I do travel so much. Um, Being away from my wife and kids for months at a time is is really mentally exhausting, and it puts a big. Um, like my kids will go a month and a half or two months without seeing me and they're like, dad, when are we going to see you again? My wife, you know, she's, she's being a single mother for you know, pretty much for this extended periods of time. And I'm just, she's not a single mother, but she feels like a single mother. Yeah, exactly. You know, because she's raising, she's, she's pretty much doing it on her own. Um, and for me, you know, I I get homesick, I get depressed, um, I start having, um, you know, thoughts of like my kids, when am I going to see him again? And there's, there's points when you're doing something. For example, I was out in Montana in 20 degree weather and it started snowing and I'm freezing my ass off and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like I could be at home with my kids right now. What am I doing here? But as soon as I say that and I think that it's like, okay, I am doing this for my kids, because luckily they don't, they don't, you know, they have food on the table, they have clothes on their back, they have a roof over their head. That's that's why I travel so far and do what I do. Um, and that I think is like the biggest, the hardest thing in my job is just being away from my family for so long. I
0: would say I would have to agree with that because we were talking. Out, out of cameras, and that was, like, the first thing that that you said, just being away from your family, and I I personally cannot imagine being away from my kid, I mean, as a mom, yeah. but you have a, like I said, your your biggest strength is your wife,
1: oh, she man, loves. she
0: is a boss, Natalie, I mean, do you want to come out on this podcast? <laughs> she deserves <laughs> what she needs to, yeah, no, you
1: have no idea what she does, I mean, she <laughs> Uh, on top of her nine or five job, like she's still like hustling in every single way. I mean, she's this girl's a go getter. Mad props to her. Everything. I mean, I owe everything to her. Um, don't. I mean, damn, she's gonna see this already. So. <laughs> but yeah, you no, know, she's awesome. She's 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 great. She,
0: she's like I told you, I just met her and man, I fell in love with her. She's she's a boss. She's yeah. badass. Um, for lack of better words, but it is the best about your job
1: the traveling I mean as it's my number one thing that I hate the most because I'm far away from my family but I get to see some really cool things like you've seen pictures of the scenery that I see on a regular basis the way I see it uh, the places I get to travel is not like your everyday like going to the office like I'm traveling Multiple airports, seeing seeing different different cities, and um, in the next few weeks I might either be going to Hawaii or Alaska. Two very different places, but two very cool places I want to go, spend some time in.
0: Have you ever been to any? No. no. Wow. No. So I'm jealous. I want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> don't take me to Alaska. I don't know that. It's pretty cold out there I like the, heat, the warmth. Oh, uh, the
1: <laughs> so, Hawaii, these beaches out there, so... Uh,
0: Hawaii, so um, whenever we're going to Hawaii, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll let you know. <laughs> what is the What does success
1: mean to you? Uh, success to me has many different meanings. It could be wealth, uh, it could be health, it could be whatever anybody wants it to be. To me, it means Uh, being able to provide. Being able to provide for my kids, my family, being able to let them know that everything's gonna be okay. That's success to me. And like I said before, I hit rock bottom and I wasn't able to provide. And that was definitely not successful to me. When my kids were hungry and I wasn't able to give them food, that was not successful. That was the opposite. That was me failing big time. So being able to provide, Give my kids food and comfort that that's success for me being able to put food on the table without having to worry about the next meal
0: and i think you've done a great job of that quite frankly <laughs> where do you see yourself like 10 years from now what is Oof. your 10-year plan uh,
1: having a home like, so right now i have a house but a home, uh, like a a foundation for my generations to come. I want my kids and my grandkids to say, this is the house that grandpa built, you know? Grandpa, Grandpa Abel, Grandma, Grandma Natalie, like this is the house they built. This is the foundation, the safe spot for my grandkids to come home to. I want to have that within the next 10 years. Um, And definitely traveling, seeing the world, sharing life experiences with my family, you know, if, if there's anything I am is a father before anything else, and whatever I do, whatever I experience, I always wanna bring my kids and my wife along because that's my family, that's what drives me, and that's why I do what I do. So sharing, loving, loving and, and traveling the world and having a big home for everybody to come and hang out, that's where I see myself in 10 years.
0: Wow. I don't think you're gonna be a grandpa in ten years. (laughs) I hope not. So. I
1: hope
0: not. I was like, uh, your kid is still pretty. No, I'm just, I'm just
1: saying, like for future generations to come, you
0: know. Where do you see that tequila going for you? Because for those that don't know, let me just share a little thing. My cousin Abel, he just started his uh, tequila Instagram account, right? Yeah. And you hit 200 followers in such a fast, rapid. I'm like yeah can you like slow down here you're making me look bad <laughs> I'll follow him on Instagram his name which very funny is a shot with Abel where do you see tequila going for you uh, okay, what okay let me rephrase that what do you want from this tequila uh, Instagram account that you created where you are speaking and being so open about your knowledge with tequila and sharing it with everybody else where do you want that page to go to? Or what is the next step for that?
1: Uh, well, that page was created to, because my friends were able, tell me this, tell me that, or, what do you think about this? And I, we were all quarantining and, you know, throughout this rough time, I didn't have nothing to do. So I was just at home with my tequila bottles and I decided to do this page. But what I wanted to do was just, on top of sharing knowledge, um, hoping to where I can Network and and meet some people and maybe some investors Take a trip down to tequila go down to maybe one of the five regions of of tequila where they make the tequila and um, Maybe someday starting my own brand maybe starting my own tequila my own my a different journey From where I'm at now because even though I love what I do uh, Tequila is something that can be done in family with family. And like I said before, family is everything. And if I could do this and share the passion with my kids and they fall in love with it and I can continue to do it with them and grow a company with them, I mean, that's just a life goal right there.
0: Mendoza tequila coming soon, guys. <laughs> Something, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not kidding, but I don't think you're going to name it Mendoza. <laughs> I mean, I don't, there's but, so
1: many names out there. I mean, I, I love tequila so much, I, I don't even know where. I mean, right now, just talking about it with you, I got my wheels turning right now, and I'm thinking, okay, wait, I really can do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm going to. Dude, put it on a
0: vision board. You know, like, I'm a big huge fan about um, the universe talking to you. I don't know if you ever heard of the secret the book
1: the life of the, the the law of attraction.
0: The law of attraction. Yes. Yeah. So whatever um, you envision, put it on a vision board and look at it every day, you know. You think day I think had my wife You envision her in your brain. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Natalie, you you hear this guy? (laughs) Um, Natalie is his wife's name, by the way. Like a huge believer, you know, the law of attraction. You attract whatever you envision. So. I have my vision board, and I feel like, you know, it's going to happen. You just don't know, but the universe has things planned out for you, and if you envision opening up your own tequila distillery or opening up your, if you want to grow agave, then, you know, like, it's going to happen. You just have to be patient and be a firm believer that it will, and it will come true. Yeah,
1: so that's one of the things that, and I'm so passionate, you know, this um, this is one of the things that I want to do with, my tequila pages grow it socialize network meet new people and um i mean this is just throwing it out there but maybe get a group of people and plan a trip down just family and friends down to tequila do some tequila tasting hang out spread the love you know and and, and just keep spreading the love of tequila it's, it's, it's the culture it's beautiful it's an amazing thing so So there's five regions where you can produce tequila. Uh, Tamaulipas, Jalisco, Guanajuato, Nayarit, and the fifth one is always, uh, I don't remember the fifth one. (laughs) There's five guys,
0: Google it, I'm sure you guys can figure it out.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so there's five regions though, and and tequila, the city of tequila, the town of tequila is uh, where it was founded. If you would say, what's your favorite tequila?
0: You said earlier that it was... um, Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo. What's your second favorite? Well, okay, actually, no, let's see. What's your least favorite tequila?
1: I I don't even know, because I don't... I didn't keep that on my head, but I... Oh, there is one. There is one that I hated, that I just thought was awful. It was called um, Campeón, and it was rated so high. And it had all these awards and so on, and then as soon as I tasted it, it was awful. It was just like, ugh, that would was have of money.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Campeón. Campeón.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things with tequila, though. I mean, just because I hated the way it tasted doesn't mean that it was a bad tequila. It just means that I my, personally, my palate, did not like it. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, the, the people who awarded it all those medals loved it, but it's just not for me
0: how do you feel about all these you know celebrities now creating their own tequila brands and you know you've seen it on tv I don't want to mention any names but all these celebrities now are coming out with their own tequila people that are not even you know Mexican
1: I hate it I hate (laughs) it um because like I said the Mexican culture is very proud of their tequila um like I said it's what we bring to the table and when you have celebrities um with millions and millions of dollars and they're, they're putting their name on uh, tequila that is made at a distillery that just slaps a name on it but doesn't produce it traditionally and it's ruining the culture and raising the prices on all the other mom and pop distilleries. It, it's, it's bad for the industry you're getting all these agave plants that have not fully matured and you're throwing them into what they call a diffuser and it's the size of a football field and then you you throw a bunch of immature agave, agave that's not mature, you throw it in there and you're cooking it and then you add chemicals to it to give it that agave flavor and it's, what you're doing is you're taking away what's not ready from mom and pop distilleries that could use that agave for themselves to make things traditionally, make it right with no chemicals, no additives, no sweeteners, and you're raising the prices on their tequila, the good stuff. You know what I'm saying, like,
0: it, I, I definitely agree gets, with that. I like could, the markets. I mean, I understand more. what they're doing, you know, but I just feel like they should, celebrities should just stick with what they know. And kinda of just leave the camera. I mean if they wanna
1: if they oh, wanna I- jump in there and then talk to one of these master distillers who are, you know, own a, a mom and pop uh, a distillery and endorse them and be like, Look, check it out. Here's Hermán Gonzalez or here's Carlos Camarena or here's Felipe Camarena, all these names that you've never heard of before, but you heard of the rock, why can't the rock come over and be like, Look, here's a good friend of mine, Carlos Camarena, here's his product, El Tesoro. Check it out, you're gonna love it. Why not do that? and help out, instead of throwing your own tequila out there and just ruining it. Because it's not even that good. It's not good at all, actually. So, <laughs>
0: okay, guys. You heard it from the tequila master over here.
1: I mean, I'm not going to tell The Rock that.
0: <laughs> the Rock just... is going to come and give you, what was that, the, ro- the rock bottom? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what was his...
1: I mean, I'm not going to tell him that, not because I'm scared of him, because he's just a nice guy.
0: So. He's going to give you, what was his, his, did you ever watch that WWE? I yeah. grew up with that. I grew up with WWE because I grew up with brothers, and so I wasn't allowed to watch any girls' stuff. It was always, old... it was always. The people's elbow. The people's elbow, and they're like, do you smell what the rock is cooking? You know, yeah. like, oh gosh, please don't censor me. <laughs>
1: nah, yeah,
0: the, the eyebrow thing. <laughs> the eyebrow thing, all you that. Know? I mean, I grew up with that, guys. That's. I was a super tomboy growing up. Like I was a huge tomboy. But um, going back to this, one last advice that you have to give to us before we end this conversation, um, career-wise or just personal, on a personal
1: level? Uh, just, just go for it. Don't, don't stop. Keep doing what you want to do. Pursue it. Don't be scared to fail. And um, if you're gonna do it, do it with passion. 100%. I'll say
0: for those that are interested in pursuing your career, can you give us more or less a ballpark of I know you've been working for this company for some time, but for a beginner person, what is more or less like salary wise?
1: I think entry level starts like around 80,000 and it could go all the way up into 180,000 uh or more. I mean, it just wow. depends on how busy you want to be.
0: And you're traveling you're getting to know is it only within the United States or do you guys also like go to different countries um
1: I don't know I've heard rumors of like India and stuff but those are just rumors so I don't know where right now it's just within the United States but I'm talking every peak from Hawaii Alaska to Maine Tennessee um, I mean all over the United States
0: So for those that are interested in following the same career path that um, Abel here is following, um, entry level 80 grand a year, traveling the United States on somebody else's dime. I mean, who does not want this? (laughs) Honestly, if I wasn't afraid of hikes, I would probably be climbing out, out of one of those rows, but... Thank you. I kind of appreciate my life, (laughs) but um, thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for opening up. Honestly, it's been, I think, one of my favorite interviews. I'm not trying to bash anybody else. I just loved all my interviews, but you you totally blew my mind with everything that you shared with me today and our audience that are going to be listening to this. Um, You share your knowledge of tequila. Um, The passion and love that you have for your family, you know, everything that you've overcome, and you are here. You're, like I told you earlier, a walking miracle. You are somebody to look up to, an inspiration, and thank you once again for taking the time and joining me here. (laughs) Thank you. We will be ending this. We're going to cheer. Thank you guys for listening here, and you guys have yourself a great night.